0: Welcome to the Gospel Saves podcast, a program that discusses all matters related to the Christian faith. I'm Wade Stanley, an evangelist with the Church of Christ. Please visit thegospelsaves.me for blogs, videos, and Bible studies. You can also find the Gospel Saves on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. The New Testament compares the church to a temple wherein God dwells the church is not a physical structure. Rather, it is composed of the people who call on God's name, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, with Jesus Christ as our cornerstone. We are not only the temple, but we are also the priests, ministering to God and to one another. Over the last month or so, we've talked about how the church is that the people of God, the assembled people of God, the Greek word for that is ecclesia. We've also talked about how the church is God's kingdom, God's nation. And on our last program, we left off discussing how we are brought into this kingdom, that our citizenship is based upon being born into the kingdom of God, that God takes we who were once slaves to sin and by faith in Jesus Christ, through baptism, changes us into sons. We become descendants of Abraham, spiritual descendants of Abraham, and then can, and thus can be reckoned as a part of the, the nation of God's people. On this program, I'd like to talk about how the church is a spiritual house, a temple. As an evangelist, I drive through a lot of cities, a lot of towns, I was just recently driving down through central Missouri and was struck by this very beautiful religious structure in a town. It was all brick, built up on a hill, just an absolutely beautiful building. I know there are hundreds of thousands of examples of buildings such as this scattered all throughout the world that I could bring up. But as I was driving past this building, I couldn't help but think to myself, is that the church? Now some people would say, yes, that is the church. That building is the church. Because that word church means the Lord's house. And sometimes we can get confused in our mind. We can talk about going to church or meeting at church visiting church and what we're thinking about is a a physical building peter though in first peter chapter two verse number five talks about us as christians being a spiritual house we the people of god are a spiritual house he says in that same verse, this is 1 Peter chapter 2, verse number 5, that we are stones in that house. He says, you also as living stones are being built up a spiritual house. He's talking to you and me, my friend. If you're a Christian listening to this program today, he's talking about how we, the people of God, are being built up a spiritual house. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 22, talking again about the church, in Jesus, the whole building being fitted together grows into a holy temple of the Lord in whom you also are being built together. The perspective of the New Testament writers is that we, the people of God, are the building. And that building, in that same passage of Ephesians chapter 2, this time in verse 20, that building is built on a foundation. We, the church, the people of God, are built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. Again, you've got people as a part of the foundation. The apostles were those special disciples that Jesus chose out from among all his disciples to be his witnesses of his resurrection. Those 13 men, that includes Paul, used to be 12, Paul was added in. Those 13 men served as Jesus Christ's witnesses to the world. There were also inspired men who Spoke by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit and who wrote by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Men like Mark and Luke and Jude and James. These men were not apostles, but because they wrote by inspiration, they were considered prophets. The church is built on the foundation of those men. And of course, the most important part of a stone foundation is the cornerstone. Jesus is the cornerstone. So not only is the building made up of people, the very foundation is made up of people as well. And the reason why the New Testament writers consider the church not to be a, a structure, not a physical structure, is because of what we find in that second chapter of Ephesians, verse 22. You also, Paul says, are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. The reason why Christians are considered the temple of God is because the Spirit of God dwells in each one of us. Paul says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16 as well. Do you not know that you, you are the temple of God, and that the Holy Spirit dwells in you? He's not talking to a building. That would be ludicrous. No, he's talking to the people who are reading this letter. You and I are among them, my friend. If you are a Christian, if you have been born into the kingdom of God, then you are the temple of God because God dwells in you. One of the things that makes the church a special place, is that the church is the house of God, where God's truth is proclaimed. In 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 14, Paul describes the church as the house of God. He says the church is the church of the living God. And then he uses an architectural metaphor. He says the, the church is the pillar and ground of the truth. Now, some people read this verse and conclude that the church is what determines what the truth is. But that's not what Paul is saying at all. He says the church is the pillar and ground of the truth. What is a pillar? Well, a pillar is something that holds a structure up. What's a ground? Well, a ground is a foundation, once again, Responsible for holding something up. I'm sitting in a building right now as I record this radio broadcast. And this building has a foundation. It has a ground. And that foundation is holding the building up. Paul says that the church is what holds up the truth. The house of God is responsible for displaying the truth to the world. In Isaiah chapter 2, in a prophecy about the coming kingdom of God, it talks of how that the word of God would go out from Jerusalem, and in spiritual terms, the church is Jerusalem. In the kingdom of Christ, the church is the one who proclaims, the truth it's from the temple from the house of god that the truth flows and if the church is not proclaiming the truth if the house of god cannot be proclaimed if the truth cannot be proclaimed in the house of god then where my friends can it be proclaimed the house of god is also where god is glorified In Ephesians chapter 3, verses 20 and 21, Paul wraps up his second prayer in the book of Ephesians. He says, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Another purpose of the church is to bring glory to God's name in Jesus Christ. You see, this is where people worship God. The whole idea of being a temple is it's a sacred space where people can commune with God. We are made into that sacred place. And we are made into that sacred place so that God's name can be glorified, so that God can be worshipped. And this brings us around to another interesting thought that, again, is consistent all throughout the New Testament. Not only is the church the temple of God, but we, as Christians, are all priests in God's house. Now, I know that I've got good friends and neighbors who attend churches where there is a priest, a person who is specially commissioned to lead a group of people through various religious rites and ceremonies. However, when the apostles and prophets talk about the people of God in the New Testament, they make it very clear that we are all, all the people of God are priests. It's not simply one special class that's been sanctified and set apart to serve as priests in the house of God. No, we all have been sanctified in order to serve as priests. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse number 5, Peter says, We are a holy priesthood. Jesus Christ, by his blood, cleanses us from all sin. In order to be sanctified, we have to be set apart from the profane. We have to be purified. And this is what the blood of Jesus does for us. It removes all impurities so that we can be set apart from the profane. This is why Peter says we are a holy priesthood. And he means all of us. If you have faith in the name of Jesus Christ, if you have been baptized, become a part of his church. You are a priest. And you have been sanctified in order to serve in the house of God. So first a priest must be sanctified, but also a priest must be willing to submit to a high priest. And again, we're not talking about a high priest here on earth. No, we have a high priest. This was a point that the writer of Hebrews makes on several different occasions in his book. That Jesus Christ is our high priest. He is our mediator. He is our advocate. He is our propitiation. And we as priests must be willing to submit to our high priest. Again, this is not someone here upon earth that we submit to, but rather to Jesus Christ. This is what Paul has in mind in 1 Timothy chapter 6 when he calls Jesus our blessed and only potentate. We as priests serve Christ and Christ alone. Thanks for listening to the Gospel Saves podcast. If you found this program useful, please visit thegospelsaves.me to find blogs, videos, and Bible studies. If you enjoyed the music on this podcast, please visit acapeldridge.com. You can also find Acapeldridge on Apple Music, Google Play, Spotify, YouTube, and Facebook. May God bless you as you seek to know His perfect will. So